Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's guest is Anne Bayford. Anne is a professional psychic medium who's working as a part-time consultant at the world-renowned College of Psychic Studies in London, as well as having her own personal clients. Anne has had three near-death experiences, which we are going to talk about today. Thank you so much for joining me, and welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to meet you and talk to you about it. All right. Since you've had three, I'm not sure where to start. Should we start at the beginning or maybe your most impactful one? What do you think? It's going to be the, the first one. That was the one that really sort of changed my world. So, yeah, we're, I think it's best to look at that because the others, they were a little bit different. So, mm. yes, um, the original one, I think. All right. Well, well, what happened? Okay. So, okay. So, it's, it, I, I always feel I care about it. And then I start talking about it. It's still so emotional, even though it happened sort of 19 years ago. Now, last week, it was 19 years ago. So, it's the 11th of March, 2002. And I was literally, I remember the morning very clearly. I took my five and seven year old to school and I was a part-time mum working a part-time mum working in London and I remember just like everybody when you're getting you know the kids ready for school I I was rushing them and I was panicking because the time I was going to get late for work and I was sort of rushing them out the door um, if obviously if I knew that what was going to happen I, I suppose I wouldn't have rushed them you know, in the ideal world, you look back and you sort of think how you would have done things differently. So, um, yeah, I got them in the car, got them to school. Um, I gave them a kiss each because I always did that. I made sure as a mum that I did that. Um, got on the tube, the train and got into London. I was, did my job during the day, normal day sort of thing, really. And um, I normally finish work about 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, working in central London and I decided there was something that sort of came into my mind that day. And I really, I would say that now is sort of my intuition, really, to be honest. Um, and I was thinking, no, no, let's leave a little bit early. I can post this letter. It was to do with a client uh, that I was working for a charity with the elderly. And I was responsible for helping them to get the best out of life in the sense of I worked with social services. And if my client needed something, you know, I would contact whatever department or whatever. So I remember that day I had this letter and it was really important because I remember the the lady, I was thinking that this letter has to be posted today so that, you know, she would get the services that she needed. Um, so that's what happened. So I was thinking, should I do it later? Should I do it now? 
And it must have been about 10 past two and I was in my office. And I don't know what it was. I, at that time, I wouldn't have said gut feeling because I didn't really know or understand about intuition or gut feeling. But I just kept on hearing sort of that sort of feeling, go and post the letter now, don't wait. Then you can catch the train home. You could go pick the kids up from school. Um, and so I got the letter ready and I said goodbye to everyone at the office. And it was in a community centre, so I said goodbye to a lot of the old folk that were there. And I remember leaving the office that day, I had the letter in my hand. And as I was walking uh, to the crossing to cross this road, something happened. I was sort of, should I post the letter here or get on the train with it, post it at the other end? Or should I get my newspaper? Just the normal, you know, the inner voices in your head that you get. Um, and my mind was just busy thinking about the children, thinking about dinner and everything else. And then something a little bit different happened, sort of, my sort of, how do I say, intuition gut feeling. It was like, no, you need to post the letter now. You need to go across the road, press the light, you know, the button to make the lights turn uh, like green man for you, um, so red to stop the traffic. And somebody else got to the button first, and I was like, okay, that's made my mind up. I'm going to cross the road because this was important. This was, This is what really sort of defined the moment whether I died or not completely and I explained so somebody had come to the crossing pressed the button and I was like okay that's made my mind up okay yeah okay I get it I'm gonna cross the road um and there was five of us that crossed the road on that day and there was an island sort of you get to the middle of the road and then you can cross the rest of the road so there's traffic going two different directions and it was all seemed slow motion now when I look back at it, it was really strange like milli milliseconds um and as I I got to the island the middle part I was thinking okay shall I walk straight across the road to post this letter in the letterbox then go the other way to go and get the newspaper from the shop on the other side or shall I and then suddenly I heard a voice and it was really strange because it sounded like my nan's voice who's passed over when I was 15 years old so many years ago and um her voice was sort of saying I heard a voice which was ridiculous and I said what and she sort of said go get the newspaper which meant I had turned at an angle on the crossing and I was still doubting it my head was sort of like why would I do that you know how you go in your head like oh why would I do these sort of things um and then she's just saying go and get the newspaper first, go back on yourself. And I was sort of like this chat was going on in my head. Um, And I did it. And then the first step went down on my right leg and I was at an angle uh, crossing the road to go to the shop to get the newspaper to read on the train on the way home. And that's that was that. That was when the car, the van had hit me. So... The reason why that was so important, because the police had said later on, if I had gone straight across the road and had posted the letter into the letterbox, the and the logical thinking and if I had done that, um, I would have gone through the windscreen and no doubt my head would have been severed. So whatever. So what happened is going at the angle that I went at, the van had hit me sideways on and the internal injuries what happened was that my rib cage had been, uh, my ribs had been fractured down on my left-hand side of my body. And um, I had been bounced off the side of the van and sort of flew and hit the ground about 10 feet across. 
and I'd then whacked my hip and so I'd fractured my hip I severed my stomach muscle how it fell it was like a giant pumpkin on the side of my body afterwards um I ripped my knee out of its joint and broken my knee cap um my foot had torn my ankle had torn and I had seven um breaks in my metatarsals of my toes and my foot um and my um Achilles heel had been torn I had internal injuries my kidneys had been damaged my spleen had been damaged um but I didn't knock my head that was good <laughs> um and so when I hit the ground I didn't feel it to be honest I, I didn't feel that so that that those were the internal injuries that took four years to um, actually heal. I was in a, a wheelchair for two years and then I had a walking stick further two years after that. So four years I was disabled to recover from it. But what had happened was that I literally, um, I, as I knocked the ground, I didn't feel anything. I just felt extremely, extremely warm. I felt that my... Um, I felt the presence of my nan that had been around me. I felt very warm. There was this light that I, uh, like a bright light, but not unbearable to the eyes, a bright white light that happened. And I mean, this was March. It was winter in London and it was cold, um, but I felt warm. And um, I could just hear her saying, everything is going to be all right. Um and as she was talking to me saying this, um, it was strange because I started, I then realized, I mean, now working as psychic medium, I understand about this multidimensional part of ourselves because what happened was, so I, my physical body had hit the ground and um, sort of t- time sort of stood still in a sense. Uh, I'd hit the ground, I had these injuries And there was part of me that was looking down on my body. Uh, I didn't know it was actually my body, to be honest. I was, it's really hard to explain. There was part of me that was with my nan and I could hear her. I could feel her. And it was this white space. And I was given all these other informations too. And there was part of me that was looking down and I didn't know it was me, but I was looking down and I was sensing everybody's feelings and emotions in the area. So complete strangers had stopped it, it was as if like someone stopped to stopwatch, a magic stopwatch, and everyone froze in time. And um, there was um, in the street, there was a number of people that ran out from the shops. Um, I um, remember seeing a woman. I saw the woman screaming from a hairdresser's that came out with a rolled up towel. Um, I, she was a, going to put it under my neck to help, of course. Um, she just wanted to help. And then everyone was there was a couple of people saying don't touch her don't touch her um and then there was a relative there sorry I feel so emotional because it still takes me back there was a relative of my in-law my partner at the time he had seen the accident happen and he obviously recognized me and came running over uh, so he knew it was me but where I was I could see his face and it all the blood had drained from his face looked quite gray in the face and I remember thinking 
why why is he so upset but I could recognize that who he was connected to the family um and I I just picked up on everybody's thought processes like they was so anxious and worried about me and then on the other side of the road there was a part of me that ended up inside this lorry (laughs) sitting next to this lorry driver that I didn't know and I could hear and see him He was on his radio saying, some silly woman, she's got knocked down by this van. And now I'm late for work. I'm stuck here, this traffic. And I was holding him up. And, you know, there was a few um, rude words, blue words he was swearing. Um, And, um, yeah, and then I could hear on the radio station there had been a massive accident in London where I had been knocked down. And there was an ambulance, air ambulance that was due. So a helicopter was going to come and land. And they were trying to divert people away from the area. So that was that. And then there was another part of me um, that was being shown information somewhere else. I felt very safe. Um, It was just really strange. I was being instructed and told by... I'd say beings now. I didn't know what to call them at the time. They had unrolled some scrolls, like you would see if someone's an architect, you know, that like the scrolls were unrolled and they could see them. They were showing me um, big books, giant books, that when they opened the pages, I could see that it was almost, it was like, it's like a Harry Potter now, because um, Harry Potter wasn't around at that time. And um, it was like as if there was moving images in the books they were showing me. And they were just giving me loads and loads of information. And I remember um, being there that I was looking around and I could see beings of all different shapes and sizes, like gliding by, because I remember thinking they don't have any legs. (laughs) That was part of my feeling there. So that was all going on, all this information. I mean, there was still lots of information given to me. And it was only then when... And I didn't feel the pain. I, w- I didn't feel the coldness. I wasn't actually in my body at the time. And then I could feel my partner who was running down the road. Um, he had a shop that was down the road from this accident. And his mum, they were both running down the road. And I wasn't sort of feeling he's sad. It's nothing like that. But I knew he was coming towards something there. And I still wasn't 100% sure it was my body. Um and then it was only when he um, touched my head. He had his hand on my head. I was laying flat on the road, the physical self. But I could feel his thought process that he was saying, how am I going to manage with his children, you know, my two children? Like he said them by name. And it was when he did that, I realised that it was my body. And then bef- I, I was saying what's going to happen to Rebecca and Nathan. But before I could finish the sentence, it was almost like I was being told the information. I didn't have to finish my sentence. They knew what I was going to say. And then the paramedic ran across the road. I could see the the bike with the paramedic. And then the ambulance arrived. I saw all that. And they were cutting my clothes off. Um, I didn't feel any pain at that point. And... um, then they decided to paddle me, so the electric pads to start my heart. And then um, 
when that happened, it was almost like I'd come through on a water slide and a water theme park. I came whizzing back down into my body and then the pain, I could feel it was like a comeback. And then on the way to the hospital, just I was in and out. I was looking down at the top of the ambulance as it was driving through the streets of London. I saw the crash team working on my body. There's three sets of crash teams that was... um, working on different parts of my body and I remember looking down seeing it happening and I could see their faces and I could feel the panic in the crash room the emergency room and yeah and I was there for some time in the hospital and every so often I was going in and out again and I was leaving my body and I could see I was there in the hospital bed and then there was times where I also felt as if I was holding my nan's hand and my and the nurse said she said to me, you had an experience, didn't you, while I was in hospital? So, so much information. So, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, really. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's an amazing story. You saw your body, but you really weren't sure it was your body. When did you realize perhaps that you're dead or you're outside of your body? Like you made the connection that, hey, that's me down there and I must be dead. Or did you ever make that connection? Yeah, yeah. And, and the word dead didn't come into my mind. It was like, well, I don't know. No, I don't. It, it was more that when my partner had touched my head, it was like energetically, I sort of, it, it was like a spark for my I, my soul. That sort of, I felt him holding my head. He was sort of stroking my hair. I I, I could feel that he was in shock. I sensed it that he was in so much shock and then him touching my head I was like this is me but I hadn't fully popped back into my body it was like I knew I wasn't there but I knew there was still a connection so I wouldn't use the word dead I just felt that I was somewhere else and I that that was the moment where I was like I knew I was somewhere else I didn't know where I was I wouldn't say panic sort of struck in but it was more like oh why am I here but yeah I can see myself and it was more that I could see myself but where was I how could I be where I was what where was I but it was literally feeling his hand on my head that was like it really connected me to oh that is my body mm-hmm. it was that sort of feeling and then then the humanness as a mum sort of you know, I was, I wasn't in my body when I was thinking this. I was where I was thinking, well, what's going to happen to Rebecca and Nathan? And, but before I finished the sentence, they came straight in and, and, and answered. I didn't know I was coming back. I just kept on being told everything's going to be all right at that time by my nan. It was a familiar voice. It sort of reassured me. Was it your nan's voice? Because I thought you just said the word they came and told me yeah oh you're good you are good so I heard my nan's voice now it's only now the work that I do that now when I do my meditation now when I work as a psychic medium when I do my trance work as well I know they are beings the our guides our team um and through my second experience I connected to my archangel who was by my side. So there was a collection. So, And when I say they, you know, as a, as a psychic medium, I know when I'm working as a medium that when I ask for 
loved ones come through on the other side, they are the they. So it's like you, you're not, you know, you're not, and this is the thing, you're not alone when you pass over. You, they, they are um, you, part of your soul group. They can be, they can be your loved ones. You know, I felt angels now. I, when the work that I do, I'm an angel practitioner as well. I understand the energy but they were, it was definitely that, yeah. When you were looking through the book and seeing images, did you feel like you, well, either at the time or now, do you feel like you were having a life review? Yes. And it's funny because it it was not just, this is so important, because it wasn't just about my life that I had just been living I was in my 30s. It was also looking back at my past lives as well. Now, I didn't quite understand that to some degree. I knew there was some emotions attached to some stuff that I was unaware of in this lifetime. But they really revealed, they revealed so much to me. And I know now as a past life practitioner that when I work with clients I get it so much now and the work that I do as a medium it's like I I understand it so much now that we are just not here present in one life that you know a a lot of souls or people as we are here your soul has been on a journey and so I was being shown stuff and I was also being shown future stuff as well Hmm. which seemed really overwhelming at the time because I remember I was that sort of sense they were showing me stuff that I've been doing within the last couple of years and now I have those moments thinking oh my god I know I was showed that before and I know this other work they want me to do as well which they showed me then but it was yes a life review but not just of one lifetime it was like where I'd been and the connections to that as well. Do you feel like you can't remember everything you were shown and if that's true do you think that's on purpose that you're not supposed to remember or I guess you're not yeah. in your head. Yeah, yeah, I am because you're right. Why because, is that? Right, because literally we're human having this experience, right? And our souls come into this lifetime to have this experience. Now, my belief in everything has happened to me through each of the lifetimes that you go through that they're, you know, I hate saying the word lessons because lessons is almost like being at school told off or told what to do. It's more about teachings. We're sort of, in each of our lifetimes, we're sort of taught information and we learn that information. And I really, there's times where I've sat over the last couple of years and I get a bit furious. I'm like, oh, if only I could remember everything what they showed me and told me. But now you know even recently last week I had like this massive download of information I was like oh my god I so understand it I so get it now because it, it's it's a bit like okay I was saying this to somebody the other day they they contacted me and wanted to know about you know are they gonna meet a man are they gonna get married are they gonna have this they're gonna have that sometimes you need to go from a to B, to C, to D, to get to the Z. But if you knew that to get to Z from A to Z and you missed out all the bits, you're not going to be that person. You're not going to be the same person. You have to go through these experiences. You have to, and as a human, you have to have those emotions so that you learn. It's the emotions that, 
sit with inside you that give you all the experiences that you learn if it's if you go through life and you don't experience those experiences you're you're it's not it's not going to mean anything to you it's not going to have value so you know times can be really hard at times you know and I've had recent really bad times as well or should I say difficult times but I need to experience those feelings to get me to where I need to go to in my future so yes the life review and yes there's information I'm not going to tell me everything because my soul hasn't signed up to know everything right now at this minute in time today 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 it's more like I have to go do those steps those stages to get to who I'm going to be that's important I was I, I might turn around and might not want to be there I might change time totally so yes <laughs> if that answers the question yeah I think so <laughs> You said that you were told stuff or shown your future and perhaps you forget it when you experience it. Is it deja vu for you? Yes, yes, yes. Spot on. And that's exactly what happens. You know, I can go to places or see things or uh, I had a couple of weeks ago, there was a conversation I had with somebody and I don't stop me in my track. I was like, oh my God, I've said this before. And I was on the train two weeks ago coming back from my son's house I had that moment and I remember it hit me. I was like, oh, my God. And so I was on the train. I was looking at the window and the countryside and there was something in the countryside. There was this uh, abandoned rail track. And I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, was that in one of my dreams I had? And then I sat there and I was like, no. I remember I was being shown that, but not to remember it. It was a bit like to remember it now, to, like a breadcrumb to say, yes, you're on the right track, Anne. Because I ha- I went to my son's just to get away from everything that's going on around me. I needed some time out. Now, my whole life situation's changed at the moment for me. And it made sense to see that. It was like a breadcrumb to say, Anne, you know, my soul is guiding me to my next path, my next journey. So it was, it's sort of like, was that deja vu moment to say, I know my deja vu moments are to say, right, Anne, you're on the right place, the right track, keep going along, follow those breadcrumbs that the universe is leaving you or part of myself in the future is leaving me. So yeah, totally deja vu. Yeah. So do you believe the future is played out for us then? Ah, Okay, yes, I have been thinking about this recently. My thought process since everything, all those things that happened to me is that there's a couple of possibilities that can happen in the future, a couple of possibilities to some degree. And I also feel that sometimes if we don't live our um, full potential as a being, if we live in fear and we stop ourselves from doing that adventure or, you know, doing that job or whatever, and we slow it all the way down, I don't feel that we always complete that mission in this lifetime, this purpose or whatever you wanted to do or whatever your soul said it was going to do when it came back. So I feel there's a couple of possibilities, even though sometimes I sit and I think, I, I think I'm living in a bit of a matrix, almost as if like, what's the point? Because the computer program's already been programmed in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when I tune into my guides and when I really tune into like listening to my my soul, I understand what I've been told and instructed. There are a couple of different possibilities, but it's where you are in yourself. If you feel that uh, the fear and do it anyway and, and be brave enough to step into your full potential, that is the possibility that that might happen to you. That might be your life. But even then, that can go off like a, 
like yeah train tracks branches of a tree there are a couple of possibilities so I don't feel there's just one possibility or your future's plan out what's the point it's I think there's a couple of different scenarios that can be there in front of you it's up to you because it's free will it's up to you in this lifetime where you are every minute of the day you know what you do I mean on that day of the accident I could have crossed the road gone straight across and post the letter my head would have been severed or I could have gone and got the train but I actually listened to my intuition and you know could it just that sort of guide me and working with your own intuition and not with the logical brain it's sort of that gut feeling that will always lead you, lead you down that path of the likelihood that you're going in the right direction if that makes sense yeah did you ever um talk to your partner and his relative about the experience like the relative that you saw that his face is all gray did you later say hey i saw your face and you were all gray and he said oh my gosh you saw me or if so yeah. how did that play out yeah i i did because it was it was it was a difficult time because before i got knocked down by the car in my life it was i was very science based and didn't if i heard someone saying that i had a near death experience or out of body experience I wouldn't necessarily believe them to some degree. I was like, oh, no, well, the brain kicks in, endorphins and everything else. So for me, it was like I really had to start balancing everything out, questioning things afterwards. Um, and there was like a – so I was – I was thinking about I'd lost my job and at that time after the accident there was a possibility that you know I could have got compensation so I had to start going down the route of looking at what actually happened during the accident and and I had to start reliving all the experiences and so it was detailed down for the solicitor and I think and I remember that actually prompted actually helped me with this process and I said to you know his uncle I saw you that day and he turned and said how could you see me? Because he, his words, how could you see me? You were dead. You're on the road. You were dead. And I said, no, no, where I was, I looked down and I could actually see, where did you look down from? And I said, well, where I was? And he went, no, you, you couldn't have. I said, I told him exactly where I saw him standing. And he was like, I still don't understand it. And it still blows him away today. He's sort of, he's not very open to the fact that things like this could happen. So he doesn't really want to talk about it. And then my partner at the time, I told him, I saw, I said, I could see you running. And he said, you couldn't have done, you were dead. And I said, but I did. Um, And I told him everything that I saw. And for him, it was really funny. The relationship started splitting in different ways from that experience because he didn't believe in it. And it was very hard to get someone to believe in what actually happened if they don't believe in this sort of stuff. Now, I'd also, when I was talking to the solicitor, I was saying to the solicitor, I saw the paramedic arrived and they parked the car down there. And she said, you couldn't because you were dead, dear. And I went, but I saw it. <laughs> and then when it started being under investigation and I could see the lady brought the towel and I spoke to the lady, I went into the hairdressers years later um, and I thanked her and she said, oh, my God. She was like in shock. She said, oh, my God. And I said that, you know, I thank you so much because that was so kind of you to offer to put the towel under my head. I know that you was told not to. She said, but you, how would you know that? You couldn't know that. And thankfully, she was more open. And I told her that I could see her. And she said, oh, yes, I believe in all of that. Um but that what from this day, from that day, 19 years ago, there was a man that I remember leaning over my body was talking to me. 
trying to, you know, keep me conscious. But, it, you know, he was just saying all this stuff, just talking and talking and talking, a complete stranger. And I remember hearing bits of the information and I remember seeing him thinking how kind he was and I've never found him ever. Wow. And if I could find him, I'd love to say thank you to him because I know that you know, it's from science that the voice they're hearing is the last thing that leaves you. And I think that might have helped to anchor me. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, mm. everyone finds it really strange. <laughs> mm. I think when you were looking at the book that you saw beings going by of all sizes so yeah. were those human beings or at all sizes or also non-human beings? Um, there was a collection, shall I say. Um, so when I was there, I remember the feeling that they were not human beings because I could see there was different shapes and sizes of like heads, um, their, their bodies, and some were very much like... Um, uh, like an essence, like a like an ether, like a um, not a physical body as such, but I could feel and see presence moving by me. And uh, we have a program like called Doctor Who here, and I suppose a bit like Star Trek. Um, and it was very much like what you saw on, you see on Star Trek of, of different shapes and sizes of heads and just different beings. And I could feel I I I remember and I. Not at that time, but now from my second experience I had, I remember the feeling that there was an angel there. But the only familiar human being was my nan. But the others, no. But I didn't, wasn't scared. I was. I just felt this is okay. This is. It felt all right where I was. I wasn't scared of what I was seeing. It just felt it was a given. I was just there. Do you feel like where you were was more real than life here? I felt more connected there. I felt that, um, gosh, I, it's a good question because when I came back, I remember, of course, I wanted to be alive because of my children as a mum and as Anne, as a human being. But when I came back, I didn't feel almost like planet earth was my home. I felt as if where I was, was my home. And I felt more connected there. And this was this, it was like a bereavement feeling I felt afterwards when I came back. I just felt that that was where I was meant to be. And I actually, for a while, I've never, I never admitted this to anyone because it, maybe it sounds weird. Maybe I felt a bit guilty for saying it, but I just felt that that was my home. I felt loved there. And I felt more me. There was, as Anne, as the human being, of course, like all humans, you're going to have um, dramas and life experiences, you know, the bills and stuff like that. It wasn't that I was wanting to escape that, but I just felt whole there. Where I was, I just felt whole as a person being there. Thank you for telling me that. I found it interesting that you said something about you still wanted to be Anne. So when you're over there, do you feel like from that viewpoint, looking at Anne, Anne is just a character you're playing or something. And that wasn't really the the complete real you. This was just a, a you know, a part in a play. Yeah. 
Yes, it's, it's in, yeah, it's interesting you say because and here as the human, it's the role I play here in the sense of what I'm going through this lifetime as Anne is because I need to learn or certain things that's happening to me in my life. I have that interaction with others around me. And when we're here, when it's not just about us, it's about the interaction we have with others. So the interaction I have with my children about their soul journey, how I am as a mother to them, you know, as I might be as a partner or a daughter or a sister to somebody or a best friend. It's like the roles that we play here as who we are on this planet, you know, on this plane. But where I was, and I don't know if I would even call myself Anne, but the name Anne, I just felt as if that I was the true true me I, I there was a balance with me but I know where I was there I can't learn everything that I need to go through all the emotional experiences you have to be that human being to have those emotional experiences on the planet earth but where I was back there um you, you can't experience it there as a soul you need to come back here to have the experience but I felt at peace there balanced yeah until you were reminded your of your children did you even forget about Anne I think yeah actually it's funny you should say that because there was where I was I was being shown all this information it almost a sort of as if it sort of jerked me back to reality in the sense of Anne's reality and feeling his awareness or hearing what he was saying about the children. So, and I don't know what would have happened if he didn't have put his hand on my head because that was only when he put his hand on my head, I then became Anne again or remembered I was Anne, the mum, and then remembered that about the children that I had. And I know that as a and as Anne, there's a purpose and the reason I have to be here to be their parent. But not where I was mm-hmm. when I was not living. Mm-hmm. It was different, yeah. One of my guests was an NDE or is an NDE researcher. And I think the number she said was 51% of people get divorced. <laughs> and you happened to mention that, you know, things didn't seem to work out with you and your partner at the time. And it seemed like possibly it was due to the NDE experience. Do you mind like adding to that or comment yeah. on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I can understand that, that, that uh, it's quite high, isn't it? Um, I can understand that. I think, look, before the accident happened, Anne was, I'm going to talk as if I'm a separate person, but I was already going through difficulties in the relationship and there was already things going on but as a mom as a partner you know we know how life is when you have children you have ups and downs and so just stuck with it kept it going and that was fine and I was when I look back it and I remember thinking the same thing I was living life sort of very superficial in a sense wasn't really experiencing things I was really getting caught up in everyday things about the bills and what was going on and you know life living on earth and sort of wasn't really focusing on trying to have a balance thinking this is how life is you go to work you have the children you're cooking you're cleaning you know you might have disagreements with your partner whatever and you just stick it out you you carry on like that 
Um, I know I can tell you my heart, and my, you know, hand on my heart that it was a real stop, Anne. You need to look at life. You need to reassess where you are and how you move forward. And it was also a way of them saying to me, I'll say them again, them saying to me, you have a gift that you didn't use when you was a child because I was a psychic medium as a child and or psychic. And, you know, you've, you've blocked yourself for many years. This is a time for you to, to reconnect with your gifts, your awareness of everything that's going on. Um, that was a real stop moment. And the difficult for me afterwards was I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress in that four years of trying to rewalk again I was disabled severely disabled at that time I'm physically fine now um it put pressure on our relationship there was lots going on but it made me also look at the relationship in about emotional support which I didn't get as well so there was lots of things that were going on now you know, we've been together 35 years. It's only recently we've we've split up. I mean, literally over the last couple of months that we split up. I still continued the relationship. But what happened was it made me look at life differently. And I was like, well, now I also need to do something for myself. I need to start looking at this. And that's when I then uh, became a student at the College of Psychic Studies, like where I'm a consultant now. I, and I never knew that was going to happen. And I started looking at as a student at looking at life differently so if anything it just made me reevaluating and understanding that I needed more for me and that's what led me down the pathway of me investigating some of my skills looking at life in a different way um yeah as I say I've been still in the same relationship but you do you go off different directions it's people who've not had a near-death experience it's it's really hard to totally understand the feelings behind it. And, you know, that's fine, of course. But when you're in a relationship, it does put a bit of a strain. It can make you go off in different directions if one is sort of like adamant, no, I don't believe in all this. Whereas for me, it just reawakened it all. My senses, I started seeing and hearing things differently. Um, yeah, my whole psychic abilities really kicked in after the accident. I started becoming aware of a lot more things. And it did, it did put a pressure. And I understand that. But yeah, I think, and I know this with clients that I work with, that when you are really um, authentic to yourself and you really um, have self-worth and you really do what's best for you, it does. It sometimes can create that drift within a relationship. But I honestly believe that you're meant to meet those individuals in your life to help to redirect you, you know, and some relationships are only meant to last a certain amount of time. But it's through that fear of a human, we sort of stop ourselves from moving on until we have an experience like that or any other experiences to sort of jolt you back into place to say, come on, look at your life. Where are you? And a bit like the pandemic that we've had, you know, with COVID. I think, you know, a lot of clients I'm seeing as, you know, as a therapist and as a psychic medium, it's having that shock that having that life-changing situation like the pandemic is making people reassess their lives and that's exactly what happened to me with all my near-death experiences it did the same thing reassess me and it was a good thing I will say the hand on my heart was the best thing that ever happened to me getting knocked down by that van that day it was the best thing all right you mentioned that you had some psychic ability as a child but you blocked it and then I believe you also mentioned that before this happened, you were more of a scientific person. 
Yeah. So okay. when did you change and go, okay, I'm going to start investigating being a psychic and doing all this other stuff? Right. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. I love that. So my mom said, even from when I was a baby, she used to see the little cradle was rocking with me as a baby. Now, I didn't know this at the time. And she said, there was always something a bit strange, Anne, around you. And she saw my uh, her grandmother would come through and stand over the cradle when I was a baby. Now, I, I didn't know that as such. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And But as I was growing up, um. I could see see people that had passed over and I'd say to my mum, oh, who's that at the top of the stairs? And she said, there's no one there. I would see people, I would hear things, I would sense things as a young child. And I would also hear animal voices and I would hear like a communication with animals with me. I'd have full conversations with animals. And um, I would say to my mum and she'd say, you're going crazy. If, if you tell people you can hear people talking or hear a conversation with an animal they're going to lock you up they're going to say you're crazy and so it sort of drummed into my head so up until I suppose I don't know about seven nine years old I was seeing things hearing things having communication with animals um and it was about that time I was told stop telling people you can see hear things or know when someone's going to die um all right okay and so that sort of stayed in my head and then I became a zookeeper later on and then it was only as I was a zookeeper I'd had a few experiences being picked up by an elephant calming the elephant down but it was all about me communicating telepathically but I didn't realize that's what it was at that time and I was about I don't know 18 or 19 years old and at the same time it was like I was a zookeeper but I was also interested in science I didn't realize that others couldn't hear animals talking I really I know it sounds so stupid to say that I just didn't understand. I didn't understand I had that sort of gift. And when I stopped working with animals as a zookeeper and all the other jobs, I started then looking at, because I'd had sort of issues myself, I started going down the pathway of like training as a counsellor, started looking into science, started looking at how the brain works. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. if they think I'm crazy, I might get locked up. And I will put it out there. I actually did have an episode where I'd had some trauma that had happened to me and I I mean literally at that time I did try to commit suicide and that I was about 19 years old when all this was going on um again I started hearing voices and and I thought I don't want to tell people I'm hearing voices because I think I'm going I'm crazy um and then when I did say I was hearing voices they did lock me up because they said for your own health and benefit it's safer that you're in a psychiatric hospital and then I was actually, I remember the day and I was sitting there, something had happened in the hospital because I was sectioned because I was so worried that I would commit suicide at that time. I had, I'd had a miscarriage and that's why it was traumatic for me. Um, and um, I remember sitting there and I was like, my Anne, logical mind, how am I going to get out of this place? I'm not mad. I'm not crazy. And then I heard a voice saying to me, I know this is how this sounds. I heard a voice saying to me, well, then stop telling people you can hear us and then be normal. And then you can get out of hospital, which sounds really mad when I think back to it. Um, and then I was let out. I mean, it was just because I was really depressed. I was going for a really bad patch. Hmm. <sighs> I'm revealing everything to you today. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's okay. What do you think happens to animals after they pass? 
that's easy. I'm a medium, so they come through. <laughs> so, um, like the work that I do now, um, so what happens is like the work that I do now with people, uh, a lot of people know about the, with the animal communication that I do. So living animals telepathically, I can talk, I can sort of communicate with the animal so that, you know, I have clients globally around the whole world. So if they've got issues, I communicate with them and cats and dogs and different animals behave in a different way. And I send them different information. So cats, very visual. So pictures working with them. If they get lost, I can find them as well. Well, Not every one of them. Sometimes they don't want to be found. But when the animal passes over, it's very much when I sit here as a medium, and I've got someone in front of me, a client, you know, they'll say, you know, I'll tell them, you know, what the work that I do. Um, did you, is it a human or an animal you want to bring forward? And I, I feel the animal comes forward. I was talking to a lady the other day and she didn't, she didn't say it was about cats. She, she came to me. She was talking to me about this person who'd passed over recently. She wanted to make sure he was okay on the other side. And then what happened was I'm allergic to cat's fur now. And so if I have cats around me, my nose runs and my eyes itch and I could feel it. And I, and I had no cats around me at all. And I said, oh, I said, you've got a number of a cats, number cats, a number of cats on the other side. I said, because I can feel them. So I feel I felt the presence with them around my legs um, and the cats were giving me information for her but also I was picking up on the personality of the individual cats there was quite a lot of cats on the other side and I don't want her to t- I didn't want her to tell me anything like I, I wanted to tell her what I was picking up and she said yes or no that was correct and it was spot on those animals came through so it, it makes no difference humans are not superior you know it's like animals pass over on the other side and there are animals that do come forward I've had a dog that came through forward recently the owner had bought a new dog and the old dog the dog on the other side did like the new dog that she had bought and this dog had told the owner that that dog that you have is stupid it's not intelligent as what I am it was really funny I was getting caught up in this conversation so yeah it's you know makes no difference to the animals or humans it's the same thing they they go to the other side as well I don't know about if they have the soul lessons I haven't gone down that avenue I don't know if they reincarnate again I'm not sure I openly admit I don't know with humans yes but all I know is if I have an animal that's passed over if they want to come through they'll come through and I can then pass on the information well thank you all right I have to switch gears on you here um what is your website right okay so it's www.annbayford.com all right and um, do you have any projects that you're working on right now that you want us to know about? Okay, so many. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Um, I, as I, I work sort of intuitive holistic therapist and I um, work with individuals to help them to find their, their purpose in a sense, their sort of mission, why they're here. So um, with my work, work with individuals, um, I sit with them and as a therapist and also spiritual guidance that I pass on to them. Um, so my I feel my mission, my purpose, why I came back is to help others to connect to that. So I'm trying to, with my own YouTube channel, I'm trying to help others to understand that or to give them the tools or to help them to understand we're here. There's more reasons than they can imagine why they're here and their purpose. So it's really about connecting others and helping them to find their purpose in why they're here. So making the most of that time. If if you're not interested, then that's fine. You live that life. But for those who are just awakening to this work, who are interested in this side of things, 
I like to work with them as they're sort of to help and guide them. I know when I first started going down this avenue, if it wasn't for the College of Psychic Studies, I don't know where I would have been. They had all consultants, all the classes. So I like to do that for others. I like to help individuals as a signpost, direct them, or just listening to them and helping them on their journey. So that's, you know, trying to grow my YouTube um, to get more information out to others as well so they don't feel abandoned or lost or, or alone with it all. Yeah. What's the name of your YouTube channel? It's just Anne Bayford. Nothing fancy. Okay. <laughs> do you have Facebook? I do, yes. I'm on my Facebook page is Like-Minded Souls. All right. Are you a public person? And what I mean by that is if people reach out to you, like message you on your Facebook or, you know, send you emails, do you respond or are you more private? No, I do. I do. I mean, the like-minded souls is a private group, but if you put in Anne Bayford on the Facebook page, if you're interested in joining like-minded souls, um, I put you onto that but yeah no people are welcome to reach out to me that's what I'm here for I I know that's what they've told me I need to do is be more public initially I was a bit nervous about doing YouTube work or appearing in front of people telling my story uh, but I know that's my job I need to do that so I'm quite um, open for that if anyone has questions or wants to write to me or whatever email me all right do you have a book that's out <laughs> not at the moment but I won't <laughs> I wish I could say yes this is the book but I'm working on it right now okay I wasn't really sure and I was like oh I should have looked up does she have a book that I because some of the guests do so I, you know I want to plug anything that you want to plug is there anything else that you would like to plug oh no just just it's just me I just no I don't I'm working on my book um at the moment but no not at the moment no it's still very raw and early days to some degree of the work that I'm doing um even though I've been working professionally now as a psychic medium for three years it's growing and growing and growing I do run global retreats around the world they're really spiritual empowering uh empowerment retreats they're fully booked for this year already. I do that. They're normally, everything's on my website, everything I do. I run courses and classes. But again, at the moment, everything is like booked up. But everything that go, every all the courses and classes, I always put them on my actual website page. So, and people can subscribe to that and then get newsletters when there's more classes that I do. But there's a variety of things that I do and I put out on there. It's interesting because after listening to your story, I'm like terrified of going to London now <laughs> because you're the second guest that I've had in London that got hit by a vehicle and had an NDE. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Come just, on. I'm just joking, by the way. That's a joke. I'll take care of you. <laughs> I'll take you around. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> I'd forgot to mention that I had one another guest. If you look at my podcast, her name is Renu, and she also got hit by a truck or something in London. I must watch it. I must have a little look. Who knows? I might even know her. You might. Um all right. Well, before we wrap it up, do you have one last message that you can share with us? Yeah, I think the most important thing I've learned through my journey so far uh, is that to find those like-minded people, to find, a, I call it a tribe, but to find those people that you can really connect with because otherwise, otherwise it can be quite a lonely journey to go on. So through, and I, and I admire what you're doing, I really do, with your YouTube channel. 
to hear other people talking about their experiences it really helps when it happened to me I had no one to turn to and it really makes you feel like you're going crazy so to understand what's what happened to you and to understand that the reason you're not just here to have this everyday experience as a human being there are other reasons for it so by having your YouTube channel and by also me doing my work with others it's just to help individuals to know they're not alone it's so so important that this is for real these things do happen and it's it is an awakening see it's an awakening as in life-changing and that's what it was for me it was really life-changing it's the best thing that happened thank you for that let me get one last question in People may be watching this video who have recently had an NDE themselves and not knowing what to do. So you, I think you've kind of answered it, but if someone is in that situation, what would you recommend for them to do? Well, I'm happy if they want to go onto my website, they can message me there. If they wanted someone just to sit and to listen to them or to talk it through, because it can be a real mess with your mind. You've been however old you are you've been brought up with how you should see things in life and then when this happens it's almost like a pack of cards that get thrown up in the air and you look at life in a different way so you know try and talk to people that are quite open to this um there are going to people that are going to judge you or you know whatever however they might whatever they might say but just know your experience is valid very valid write it down that really helps that process as well but I'm open for people if they want to contact me or find people that will listen to them and reach out to those other people that have been through that experience because it does it really messes with your mind for a while Mm. yeah great thank you for sharing that it's funny because it just made me think I saw a guy on YouTube a few days ago that he posted himself he's in the hospital and decided to make a video and said, yeah, it just happened to me and I'm back and I saw so-and-so. I mean, he may be still in the hospital and I've been trying to get him on the podcast. It's been difficult, but I think that would be amazing to have somebody in the hospital. He just had it two days ago, that fresh, and we would be talking about his NDE. Wow, that is amazing. But I think now that we've moved on from like the 19 years it happened to me, now moving forward, I think, yeah, mo- most people are quite open about it now. Sort of, you say it's not unusual to hear it or scary to hear it. People are interested to hear it. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. Wow, love that. Yeah. All right, Anne. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. It's been lovely meeting you. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right. Have a great day. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.